I love that kid. <laughs> Isn't he awesome? I want to change the world. I think I have for quite a long time, and I wonder if that's something that, that you've felt as well, something that sits inside of you that you want to shift things, change things, leave them a bit better, leave your mark on this place. When I was 17, uh, I went to Thailand and up into the far northern borders, the borders between Burma, Laos and Thailand, and I spent a, a month working in an orphanage there. And I had one of those transformative experiences where something shifts inside of you. I was with these about three or 400 children in this orphanage and they'd all ended up there because the, the drug trade and the, the slave trade or the people trafficking trade had come through their communities, through their tribes and villages and absolutely scattered their people and, and children were left and needed to be gathered up and so this orphanage was doing this work. And there I was, 17-year-old Matt, sitting in this village and I think I've got a photo of me, hang on. Yeah, I don't think I've changed too much, but um, <laughs> but there's me sitting amongst these children, and I couldn't help but something shift inside of me and something go, I need to fix this. This is not okay. There's a brokenness and a hurt and a pain amongst these people. I need to fix this. And I think that that, that is a, 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 at the core of us as humans is to have that response when we see a brokenness in the world. I think it's at our core to want to change the world. Recently, uh, a friend of mine lost their auntie to, to brain cancer, and it was really tragic. She died quite young, um, and it happened all of a sudden. And my wife went along to the funeral last week, and at the funeral, they got these little cards. Uh, and on one side, there's a picture of, of our friend's aunt, and on the back is this quote, uh, and it reads like this, What is success? To leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch or a redeemed social condition. To know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. That is to have succeeded. Now this guy, Ralph Emerson, he, he's not a, a follower of Jesus. He's not religious at all. In fact, he's, probably, he, he's a philosopher and he's a biblical critic. And, and so this is something that's actually at the core of all of humanity, to, to want to leave the world a bit better. But it's definitely something that Jesus was on about. Jesus commanded his followers here, love each other in the same way that I have loved you. And this was actually his plan, that, that he was actually going to shift and change things in the world through this model. In the way that we love each other, that there would be a people that would go out and furiously love each other in his example. And this would be his kingdom. This is, this is what he called his kingdom. That it's actually a new movement or a new way of living, a new world that we can live in where we are just loving each other and, and seeking out those, those brokenness and pain and hurt in our world and, and bringing love in those places. Actually, before I move on, we did a series for about seven weeks last year in, in February and March. If you weren't here and you missed that, it's actually on our website and I encourage you to actually look up the, the series. It's got this logo, the Upside Down Kingdom, and I'd encourage you to go back, even if you forgot what was said, and to, to re-listen to those Troy Gave Seven talks, and, and they're really, really good value. So I'd encourage you to go back to explore what does this kingdom practically look like in our world 
But let's go back to this, this passage where Jesus commanded us to love each other as he loved us. Where's this? What's going on here? And we actually pick this up. And if you wanted to get out your phone or, or open your Bible and open up, this is in the book of John in chapter 15. And it actually picks up exactly where we left off last week. Last week, if you were here, you would have seen uh, Steve helped us and also Stu and Ali helped us to look at this engagement between these two cogs here. The idea that when I engage with God, when I connect with God, there's a sense of fullness in that life. It's almost like a a branch that's connected into a tree or or into a vine. and, And when it stays connected, there's life that flows through that. There's fullness and goodness when we do that. And so we pick up this passage from there and Jesus says, I have told you these things, these things about engaging with God, these things about God shaping and and, and forming and renewing and transforming us. I have told you these things so that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. You see, Jesus is talking about how when we remain in God, when we connect with him, when we immerse in him, that actually there's a goodness that rises up in us and overflows into the world around us, overflows into the spheres around us. And so from that place, it's from that place of fullness and overflowing that we are to to furiously go out and love each other. Even when it hurts, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends, even when it hurts. I love Kid President. That kid is like a genius. He's obviously got good people working with him, but he's funny. But he says it so simply. It's like one person who is filled up with love does something awesome and it fills another person up with love. I'm going to talk to you for only 15 minutes today because it's not that crazy complicated. That's a really basic message. But it's a good one. It's a really good one to be filled up with love. It's worth putting this word up there for a moment though when we talk about doing good in the world and transforming our world for the better that sometimes when we're in that space we can feel like if only I just do this then I might have more worth if only I do this then maybe I might earn something of God's love and the great theologian Dallas Willard actually challenged this once and he said God's grace or God's transforming power in the world is not opposed to effort It's opposed to earning because earning is an attitude whereas effort is an action and that action flows out of God's work in us as opposed to to earning being this attitude that, that is unsatisfying. I just want to pause for a moment. Um, Here at New Community, we're in the, the region of Maroondah and Maroondah uh, released the Maroondah City Council released a health and well-being report recently, and, and I just want to read some statistics from that report. It was good to hear some of the things about how uh, people in new community are engaging with our global world, and, and thanks, Bobby and Robin, uh, and that's really important. But it's also important for us to engage in our local world. Did you know that Maroondah has the highest percentage of humanitarian new settlers in all of Victoria? So another word for humanitarian new settlers. We're talking about refugees there. That's a big stat. We have the highest percentage of refugees in Victoria, in Maroondah. Did you know that a quarter of our houses are lone person households? So one person living on their own. 
Did you know that we have the highest pokies expenditure per adult in the eastern metropolitan region? And this is the eastern metropolitan region. It expands from Ivanhoe out to the basin and Ferntree Gully. We have the highest rates of hospital admissions for mental health-related causes. We have the highest rates of suicide in the eastern metropolitan region. We have the highest ambulance attendance to ice and methamphetamine-related cases. And we have the highest rate of alcohol-related abuse in the eastern metropolitan region. These are, these are some pretty big needs. These are some pretty big hurts and brokenness in our community. I want to ask this question. What if? What if because we existed here? What if because you existed here in Maroondah, because New Community were a community that chased after Jesus, that chased after being so full of him that we overflowed into the world around us, that because we were here, the suicide rates dropped in Maroondah, that because we were here, the alcohol-related violence in families dropped, that because we were here, the issues of loneliness and addiction were impacted. What if? And I want us to to ponder on that, and I just want to leave you with two challenges. Simple things, basic things, but things we need to remind ourselves and come on and, and motivate each other in. The first one is if if we want to bring this kingdom like Jesus wants to bring, we need to choose it. It's almost like no-brainer, of course you do. But actually, this is something that we as a community, we need to go, this is important, this is valuable, and we need to make room for it in our lives. Uh, I'm going to just use an illustration here. We've used this before, so I won't labour on it, but um, sometimes we can fill our lives with things like sand that aren't actually fulfilling bringing the kingdom i don't know about you but february's only just really gotten underway the year's just gotten underway but i already feel crazy busy it's so easy at this time of year when everything comes back to just go yeah i'll do everything yep 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 and all of a sudden your life seems relatively full and we don't have room or time to put the things that god wants us to do in transforming his world for the better in partnering with him in building his kingdom that if we actually have filled our life with sand already, I might fit three of these things in here and then I'm full. Whereas if we come to God and actually say, I'm open. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to be? And we're actually intentional and we go, actually, that one's important. I'm going to spend time with that person. I'm going to choose to actually spend time with that family. They're the ones I'm going to invite over for dinner. Maybe I'm going to position myself in, in that sporting club to, to be of a positive influence. Maybe I'm going to choose to work in that place or maybe I'll treat the people I work with differently. And you're actually able to put lots of things in this bucket. And what you'll find is that there's heaps of room in here. And that actually that life is the full life, that we can actually fit it all in. It's the life where we actually are guided by God, 
See, there's even more room. I could be putting more in there. But the life where we actually come and we stand before God and we say, hey, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to be? Let me choose my choices based on what you want from me is the life that is full. See, Jesus also said this one little story once. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls or really good pearls. And when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. In other words, this kingdom I want to bring is valuable. It's really good. And when people see it, when people own it, they choose it, they'll go and chase after it so hard. So will you choose this engagement with our world this year? Will you choose it? And in many respects, it's the art of saying no for a bigger yes. There's things in our life that we have to actually say no to if we want to live this kingdom out in our community. But that's a good thing. Sometimes I think when we've got so many choices and options in front of us, we're not very good at saying no. But this is an art. So that's the first thing I want to challenge you on is, are you going to choose it? What is the sand in your life this year that you need to go, I'm going to set that aside so that I can get the rocks, the pearls in? The second thing is, I think we actually need to own it. Own it personally. Say, this is actually my role and responsibility. And let me tell you a story. When I was a little boy, um, I learnt to sail. This is not me. Uh, I was never good enough to have my dad not in the boat next to me just in case I uh, would do something horrible and turn it over and then I'd be not in a good way. Um, but I learned to sail as a kid and, and just when I got the, the simple role of holding the rudder and driving the direction as well as maybe holding the mainsail and firming it on when I see the wind blowing and, and just being aware of the world around me and what's happening and actually guiding my boat, it was such a freeing and wonderful experience when I owned the role of being in charge of what was going on, being in the direction. And, and I wasn't wholly in charge, I was having to be aware of what was going on around me with the waves and the wind and and I had to adjust what I was doing with that and I think life is similar for us. I think when we're actually aware of what God is doing in our lives around us, we need to be like that, that little boy that I was watching the waves and watching the ripple over the water as the wind came in to go, okay, I need to actually adjust to that. The US Navy have had this issue over the last 50 years, that their boats have got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And now they have boats that are virtually cities floating on the water with uh, airports on top. They're such big boats with so many people. And one of the things they realised is as their boats got bigger, as their boats got bigger, they had more issues and incidents and accidents and safety concerns, that actually the bigger boats had, had major issues and they did a bit of a, a look into why is this happening? What's, what's the cause behind us having these issues? And the number one thing the US Navy came up with was that as we got bigger, our culture in our people shifted. That our culture became one of, it's okay, that's someone else's responsibility, they'll get that. They'll look after that. That when they saw something, they overlook it because they thought, there's so many of us, somebody else will do that. And they realised that the thing that they needed to do to fix this was that they needed to change the culture amongst their people, that people would own this. 
that people would say, actually, no, it's my responsibility. I am personally responsible for the safety of this ship. And I think it's similar in, in a community like New Community. Uh, I, I came here 13 years ago uh, to be part of New Community and we were a smaller boat. We were more like this and it was a, a lovely thing. But we've gotten bigger. And it's so much easier now that when Engage Sunday rolls around or, or something's happening for us to sit back and go, it's all right, I'll, I'll have a sleep in this week because I'm pretty tired because somebody else will get that. We're big enough. And I think we need the same cultural shift of ownership to be reimagined personally by each of us, that each of us can go, actually, this mission that Jesus is on about of changing the world for the better, engaging the us and our world, God, that needs to be owned by us afresh. It's an attitude of saying, I will follow Jesus there. That is the place that I will go. I will go into the heartache. I will go into the broken. Because these statistics that I read out before, they're they're statistics, but they're actually people. These are the people that live in our streets. These are the the mums dropping off at our schools and the mates that are down at the footy club. These are the people around us. These are our neighbours. And God cares passionately for them. So that's only two things for you to, to take home from today, is that if we want to transform our world for the better... We need to choose it and we need to own it. And that it has to come out of a place of immersing and being full and overflowing in in joy and goodness in the world that comes from a deep relationship with a God who loves us and wants to know us. And that's a good thing. And so we need to immerse and engage in our world. What I'm going to do now is I'm actually going to invite Bron Arnott to come up and join me up here. Um, what, what we want to do is think about Engage Sunday for a moment. Do you want to jump on there, Bron? Um, and actually, I've left my questions over here. Um, oh, you've got the questions. Oh, well, I'm the one asking the questions, so I need to have them. Um, but in, we want to talk about Engage Sunday for a moment. I, I want to acknowledge before we go into talking about Engage Sunday that this is not the, the epitome of engaging with our world, that our engagements with our world are much broader and bigger than just what happens on an Engage Sunday. It can be the way that you run your business. It can be the way that you treat your friends at school. Do you know what I mean? This is, this is much broader. But, but Engage Sunday is, is something that we do that facilitates helping each other in this mission. So, but, but we probably want to go, we've seen Engage Sunday lose some traction probably in the last few years and we want to reimagine it, we want to relook at it. So let's go back to the start though and think, and I want to ask you the question, Bron, because you've been here since the start. Um, why did we start Engage Sunday? Uh, what's the purpose of it? And um, I guess why do we do it? Well, first of all, we do it because Jesus said we should do it, and you've unpacked that for us, Matt. But when we started as a a community here, there was about 26, 30 of us, and we wanted the community, the local community, to know that we were here, because otherwise, how would anyone come or even know we existed? We didn't have a church building. We met in a community centre. So we started doing a car wash, because, you know, 30 people can do a car wash together all at the same time. And then came the days of water restrictions and they virtually shut us down and we weren't allowed to waste water washing cars anymore. 
But I shouldn't it, say boo because actually that's a, a good thing, water restrictions, because it's looking it after our environment. That's is, engaging with is. our world in itself. So sense we got too, moved so. on. We got moved on to other things. Um, but I think a question um, that I still often ask myself is if our church closed the doors, if New Community shut the doors and said we no longer existed, would our community miss us? Would our community even notice that we've gone? Because sometimes we can just be a club for ourselves and serve our own needs, which is a good thing. But I'd like to think that if we closed our doors and no longer existed, there'd be a community, our local community, that would be jumping up and down and going, hey, what happened to new community? Where have they gone? They used to do this. They used to do this. I met them doing, um, you know, they helped me out. Uh, So it's asking that question, what impact are we making in our world? So I think engage is part of the DNA of who we are. It's when we started, we started serving our community and we want to keep doing that with a passion because that's what Jesus is on about. That's a way we get to show people we care about them, mm-hmm. we love them, um, before we even have a chance to tell them about the hope we have in Jesus. So in other words, it's, it's an important thing that you go, we need to make room for this. We, totally. We, we need to actually yeah. change the way we operate so that it's a priority. Yeah. In other words, yeah. we need to choose it. We do need to yeah. choose it because imagine if we got 300 people on our Engage Sundays, giving three hours from 9 to 12. That is 900 hours that we have just gifted our community. What an incredible difference we could make. Now, I can give three hours, but that's not a great impact. But if 300 of us, maybe more, chose not to sleep in or do something else but all said, let's go and do something positive in our community, Mm. that's a huge impact. Mm, mm, mm. Would be missed. Yes, we would be. If we didn't do it. And and so uh, Bron and I have put our heads together a bunch and go, well, as we've got bigger, we can't just sit down and go, come on, people, do more. Like, we've got to just, uh, like, it's a really hard thing. As we get bigger, we actually need to get some systems and structures in place that actually facilitate this, uh, facilitate it better, that rather than being an open blank page every week, that we've got some good systems in place. And so we've done some imagining, and, and what have we got? Is it up there? Yep, now it is. Okay. I'm sitting in front of it, so I'm going to move. So as we've got bigger, like we've got to a bigger ship rather than a little um, sailboat, we realise that we need to create opportunities for people to align, to people connect. So people can go, that's my passion, that's my interest, that's my gifting. I want to run with that one. Because, so here's our, here's our categories, or our, our strategies, we're calling them, nice. aren't we, Matt? Yeah. All right, so the fixers, these are working practically to restore. So these are the people that, these are our traditional um, backyard blitzers, Painters, fixing, repairing, that's the fixes. That's one, one strategy. And the next one there, environmentalists. So these are people that we, we, we want actually to have each time we haven't engaged, have some people get together and go, what are we actively doing to improve our environment of our earth? Because that's a priority as well. Yeah. Then we've got the Justice League. These guys are going to be those that want to advocate for the All rights the of others. the just woke up and thought, Justice League, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the superheroes. The superheroes, um, nice. Those people that want to pursue um, issues in our in our community, they want to advocate for it. They want to research. They want to educate us. Um, maybe looking into the Manasine Island and seeing what's ongoing, what's going on there, or what's not going on there, and jumping up and down about it, and bringing others on board to say, "Hey, we've got to do something about this." Yeah, yeah. Um, the storytellers, I guess this is one of the things that we want to see is that this transforming of the world for good 
is told to the broader community so that if people see it, they might go, actually, I want to be part of that too because we actually believe that it is at the core of who we are, that people want to respond so that we tell that story well. Mm-hmm. Then we've got the creatives. We know you're out there, creatives, uh, bringing hope through creativity. So they're our artists, our, our drama people, all those different creative artsy skills that we want to use those skills and pull you together to make an impact. I just have ideas of dancers doing flash mobs at Eastland, all, all those sorts, sorts of things, things, you know, something exciting Anything and goes. funky. And, you know, we, like, yeah, we don't want to do the same as, same as. We yeah, want new, yeah. fresh, creative ideas um, and we're happy to go with the bizarre. If you've got a bizarre idea, we'll at least try it once. The care, yeah, absolutely. The caregivers, are, this is a big, broad category and, and can, can range anything from going, actually, those, the lonely in our community, we're actually going to go out and try and find them and just be company, right through to, actually, I want to donate blood, I want to I find the people who need care and, and give it to them. Yep. Definitely. Uh, the cookers, providing food to bless others. Now, some of you might go, that's boring. But I tell you what, if you've ever received a meal when you've been in a hard place, that is an incredible blessing. Uh, so people who are passionate about cooking, or maybe not passionate about cooking, but passionate about helping other people. We have masses of frozen chicken. Nando's donate chicken to us now, so we can give you chicken to create something fabulous. Mm. So chicken tonight for cookers. And when we were talking about it before, we were thinking, how wouldn't it be great if, if we had such a thriving group of co- people who love cooking that actually not only we, it was our food bank fully full, but we were finding other churches and going, hey, do you need a food bank? Because we'll put a freezer in and we'll give you some food regularly so you can share it with your communities. Uh, that we're actually we're growing and multiplying that. And I guess the last one, the truth speakers, are, are people that want to declare the good news of Jesus and engage with our world in that way. So that could be like the, the shout group that have gone down to Eastland and have, have bought people coffees and actually encouraged them and told them something about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be really broad. It could be, hang on, let's have a picnic in the park and, and, and go chat to some people while we're there yeah. uh, about Jesus and, and the good news of what it is to be full and alive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, That's good. So we hope everybody might be able to find a place in one of these strategies. So it's a lot broader. And and I guess we don't want them to form like groups like you have to join one. It's actually strategies that we want you to go, actually, I really align with that. So maybe I'm going to each time be looking for what's going on in that sphere, but have the freedom to be able to go wherever you feel life is needing you to go. Um, it's not necessarily groups of sign up, but yep. yeah, yeah. Is that fair to say? Yep, definitely, um, definitely. In terms of, uh, like, we know the the vision of engage is much broader than us doing good things, so we feel good about ourselves. It's actually partnering with God in what He's doing. Yep. How can we do that, Bron? What does that practically look like? Okay, I think our cogs perfectly illustrate that. So last week we t- talked about us connecting with God. And I really believe that when we connect with God and we actually start asking God, God who? I can't serve everyone. I can't help everyone. But who? Who, who do I rub shoulders with? Who am I running in with? Who I'm running into? Who do you want me to serve? When we really ask that prayer and ask God that... He gives us the ideas of who and where to go. And you've got a good story and about this. So yeah, you're me I had before. a lovely... Um, I, was, I was reading my Bible a couple of weekends ago and I get distracted terribly. So I always have a notepad next to me that I try and put the distractions on my notepad so I can stay focused. I got distracted and I wrote someone's name down on my notepad going, I must follow that person up. 
And then ding, went my phone, got distracted again, looked at the phone, I shouldn't have, but I did, and it was a person's name who I'd just written on my notepad. And it was just a response to a text that she hadn't answered. And then I went, oh, I'm so distracted, I'm going to call her now. So I called her and said, hi, I've just been thinking about you and I was wondering if we could come on the 24th of Feb, could I bring a team of 10 people to come and help you out and help you paint your house? She said, how did you know? I said, know what? She said, I'm sitting on the floor now with a paintbrush in my hand, crying, calling out to God saying, God, I can't do this. It's too much. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And you called. And I go, yay, that was a God thought. It wasn't just a distraction, but that was God putting someone into my head and the fact that I was prompted or distracted to call at that moment, I just go, thank you, God. I want more of those connections. And it doesn't always happen like that. We don't always directly know, but that was an encouragement to me. But if we, all of us just went, who is there in our world that we could serve? God, who is it that really needs a helping hand? Who is it that you want me to go to? Uh, That is so much better than just ticking a box and saying, sign up for something. Mm. I'd love it that I didn't actually ever have to write a list for Engage Sunday, but everybody came to me and said, by the way, I'm helping this friend, but I need five more people. Can you help me find five Mm. more people? Because then it's a, a, a true connection it's a relationship. It's, it's mm. building into that, which is so much more powerful. And I guess we talked about what is the role of the, the broader community beyond new community in amongst this. And, and it is that, that actually we need to have that relationship with the people around us. We need to prioritise and choose that so that we can see their needs, so that we can touch base with them and see yeah. actually this is somebody that I'm journeying with and, and they need some support, they need some help. So actually let's get an, an engaged Sunday around that. So it's, yeah. it's that. But it's also about inviting and unpack that yeah, for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm getting more and more calls um, in my role of shaping our city where I've got footy clubs calling me saying, hey, I don't want my boys just to play football. I want them to help in the community. Can my boys come and help at community meals? Or... Um, I'm not really into the church stuff. I know you're into church, but I'm not really into that. But I'd love my kids to do something in the local community. Can they come and join you? So we're having people around us that want to partner and make a difference in the world and serve others who want to come on board and join us. And I think we've got a whole lot of friends that aren't particularly interested in church, but you know what? They might come to the blood bank with you and go, yeah, that's a good thing. I'll come to the blood bank with you and I'll donate blood. So it's also an opportunity for us to invite our community, people around us, to come and serve side by side with us and and, and be and a part a, in making a difference. They get a picture of that kingdom, if yeah. you like. They get a picture of what is Jesus doing here. This is what Jesus looks like and they don't have to come and sit here to see that, that actually this is practical and real and in yeah. their world and, yeah. and, and it's so much more visible in that space for, yeah. for a lot of people. So that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. And people are fascinated by, by your faith journey. Um, I heard Hugh McKay speak this week and he said, there's a lot of people that are uh, not interested in organised religion anymore, but they are still fascinated by individuals who have a faith. And we want to open up that opportunity for mm. people to have a closer look at us. Mm. Uh, let them be fascinated. Let them go, hey, why do you guys do this? Why would you give up three hours on a Sunday morning to do my garden? 
your garden's messy, you should be in yours. You know, we want people to have a bit of that fascination and ask those questions. Why are you doing mm. what you do? So obviously next week's engaged, but it's yeah. business as usual next week. We've got things planned and organised, but we're going to be launching this new uh, strategies for Engage in a month. Uh, so we're actually, normally it's every second month, but we're going two in a row. We're going to go in four weeks' time or five weeks' time from today, we've got another Engage coming up and we want to actually launch this new way of operating that we have these strategies. How can us get ready for that? How can us think about, okay, March, the end of March, what what can we do to get ready and how can we get organised to launch sort of li- launch okay. into that? Let's get next week happening. So we're not meeting next Sunday. From 9 to 12, we've slotted that time to serve our community. So if you can sign up today for that, there's heaps of sheets out in the foyer. So that's the starting point. Um, Then for the next Engage, if you'd like to maybe lead or be involved in one of these uh, strategies, can you let me know? Put your name on a card, put your name next to it. So if you have like Um, this thing that goes, actually the environment, that's something I'm really passionate about and I'd love to actually mobilise people each Sunday Engage. Yeah. That you go, Um, actually, yeah, okay. Let us know. Let us know. know. So on those cards, put your name down. Even if you just want to check out... So what's that on the cards? You want them to grab white cards. Grab your white cards. And if there's one of those, so pick them up now. Uh, If there's one of them that you go actually, I want to champion that. It might be that actually you might not say, actually, I don't want to champion. I, I just That's my special interest. That's yeah. okay too. We'd like to actually just know that. Yeah, so that we can help gather people together. Um, again, if you've got ideas of things that you want to happen or needs that you know, just hearing us speak this morning, you go, I know exactly what I want to do. Um, let us know. So just if you can keep feeding back to me those ideas, that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think probably a good reminder to go, actually... Again, this is an overflow of the work of God in our lives. And, and so we actually need to go back to him. So I'd really encourage you to consider, to, to go away, to, to listen to God and go, hey, God, what do you have for me in the transforming our world for good thing? I want to partner with you, God. So where are, you, where, where are the wind and the waves in my boat that I need to be aware of? What are you doing around me that you want me to plug into? That's good, Bron. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Um, Pete's jumped up. We're going to uh, um, just reflect on this song. It's a great song that talks about how the world needs Jesus. And I think that's what this is about. This engaging with our world is actually that there's, our world needs to change. There's brokenness and hurting. And the way that that's going to come about is actually an overflow of Jesus at work in our lives. So thanks, Pete.